I'm Zach. I'm Riff. Did, did Riff speak? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm Jim. <laughs> I, maybe I need to put in my other earbud. And I'm Kevin. <laughs> and it's time for episode number 311 <laughs> of Video Games Hot Dog. We miss like one or two of these and it all goes to hell. <laughs> you're much louder in my right ear, Riff. <laughs> but what color is his energy? Um, Loud. Uh, a podcast about video games here in San Francisco again. Yay. And we're all together. We're back, except for Riff. Well, I mean, but Riff's we're together in the here. same configuration that we are always in. The Lament configuration. <laughs> the Lament oh, configuration. No. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. uh, it's, is the Lament configuration a configuration of that box, or is the box called... Is it just named a configuration like it, that guy on the Jersey Shore who's named the situation? <laughs> that it is the name of that particular gateway to hell, which is manifest as that puzzle box. Okay. Are that there is, other, that's my other, understanding. Are there other configurations that are just like happier boxes? There are, there are, well, in the ex, sort of the extended Hellraiser comic book universe, there are a variety of things like weird little music boxes and, and, uh, bric-a-brac and toys and other demonic things that serve as separate <laughs> entrances. What? Are they always, oh, they all objects? go to hell. Yeah. All roads lead to hell. No, fair enough. All configurations lead to hell, I guess I should say. <clears throat> Some of There's them are just a, really ecstatic on the way, though. There is a pretty good uh, Neil Gaiman one-off comic book of it where uh, there was a crossword puzzle. That, that was a gateway to hell. That was a gateway to hell because it. That was a that was a Penny Arcade comic too. It's it started off like normal and then started asking questions like what's what's the main course at such and such and such uh, secret cannibal society dinner and what will. You know, John Smith's last words be when he's shot in the head by a mysterious stranger next week and, and things like that. And in the course of solving the puzzle, the, this puzzle obsessive has to actually go and do these terrible deeds to find out the answers. And when or he you fills could just in the do enough clue, of the it, crosswords that you would get it implicitly. Yeah, that's true. Presumably he did not have to do all of them, just like half of them. <laughs> This is something some, that like, sometimes there's an intersection of two proper nouns and yeah, you just have like, to go murder someone. <laughs> that really is like irritating to me. Like I consider it to be bad puzzle design when yeah, like yep. me too. But Agreed. it's real hard to avoid. I would have yes. to imagine like New York Times crossword puzzle is considered the best crossword puzzle and they still do it. Like, Pretty much every puzzle almost has like every puzzle has one of those. Like, yeah, where a, if you don't know of, like two acronyms or like a French language word. If you don't know French, you're Two just Two acrobats. Yeah. You just don't know the names of. Yep. I mean, if you if you broaden the net enough, you're basically saying every puzzle is going to have an intersection of two words that I don't know. I, yeah. <laughs> and that's the problem. <laughs> I feel like there's, it's any any word that like someone with a generally like reasonable vocabulary would know. I think that's fair game. Having one letter left and it is just the intersection of two proper yep. nouns yeah. that could be anything. And it's yep. like, well, fuck, I'm either going to... a vowel. Yeah. I'm, yep. uh, well, it's worse when it's a consonant, right? Because when it's a vowel, you can just keep trying until it tells you you've solved the puzzle. Oh, the... <laughs> right? Well, you could does. also do that with a consonant. It, right, but it just takes longer. Sure. When it's uh, a consonant, roughly, it's roughly more frustrating. If you're solving it on paper, you can just write the word fuck really small in that box. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So in this, in this game and story, was it this just a single-use gateway to hell? 
Uh, you know, I'm not sure. And maybe it or was, was it on like, like a whiteboard. Maybe it was it was presented as like a single use thing. Maybe it was like a magical thing that erased itself after the guy was dragged off to hell or something. And like arranged another party of the cannibal society and another yeah. person named John Smith to be murdered the next week. I mean, that's <laughs> isn't there another yeah, name? That's why it's John Smith. Puzzle box. Isn't it also like a Le Marchand thing or something? Well, Le Marchand is the guy that that made the the puzzle box. So that's like uh, Le, Le, Marchand's, Le, Le Marchand's box is the alternate name of it. I see. Okay. That's what I wasn't sure about. If the lament configuration was a particular configuration of Le Marchand's box. Yeah, because it also like flips yeah. around and opens up and yeah. twists around and stuff. Uh, hmm. What's that guy with the camera for a f- eye called? Oh, camera I don't eye? remember. That was the third one, and I've never seen that one. Mm. Those Cenobites, man. Hell-raising yeah. Arizona. Cool guys. <laughs> uh, we got one of those boxes as a wedding present. Nice. It it had money in it's, instead of a door to hell. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> are you, well, well, are you in sure? a way, I yeah. mean. <laughs> money is, of course, the root of all evil. That's this, a good point. This box contains good intentions. Okay, all right. <laughs> Three squared meals a day. Oh, that was so good. Yep. <sighs> what, nine meals a day? Yes, that was that, that. Well, that's why it's seven, eight, nine. Oh, I see. Because it was trying to get three squared meals a day. Okay. Huh. Yeah, that's that's pretty funny. Yeah, that's that's been making the rounds on the internet a little bit. My version is worse. What is your version? Why was six afraid of oh, seven? Yeah. Because seven made eight dress up in a that in a bondage suit <laughs> with knives all over it and fuck nine to death. Yeah, because that's a joke about the movie Seven, right. which if you don't know that that's just a horrifying if you don't remember joke. that part of seven yeah. it's like i've just said this horrifying disgusting I, I thing i feel like yeah, anybody who has seen the movie seven is not going to forget that part of seven what well, that's i did true but uh, i forgot it, i thought you were just like right you thought i was just being horrible yeah, yeah for well, no reason like, at all this is yeah why it's a bad I, joke this is why i removed the binding of isaac sticker from my laptop because if you don't know about that and even if you do it's just a picture of a naked crying toddler. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Well, guys, what have you been up to? Kevin, what have you been up to? Uh, well, I was going to make a, uh, a poem, uh, but I have not gotten around to it, which is going to be the like a mishmash together of two memes that have been making the rounds the past couple of days, which is the plum from the icebox poem and the... Uh, did did Gary ever send us a song for Kevin? He did, and I keep forgetting to. We'll play it here. Okay. Yeah, I'm editing. I'm editing this tomorrow because we're going to a party right after the recording. So oh, fuck is- future Zach. That's not me. <laughs> I can put whatever. I can put whatever workload on him. I want. Uh- But it's the uh, the other one was the 
do how, do you want to save five hundred dollars on bread this year? Click here to learn how. Can you explain that meme to me? I must have missed it. Sure, it's it's weird. Uh, so it was a it's a Twitter thread uh, talking about how uh, a particular student at a I want to say middle school. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, I think it was like a twelve year old. Twelve year old was like managed to sort of just completely confound uh, a teacher. Uh, because this person is just very charismatic and gets people on board with whatever they are doing. And they just came up with this totally random nonsense phrase and everybody started saying it all the time and like writing it on things. And like uh, somebody had written it on the board of the classroom and the teacher came in and all the students were sitting down and the teacher was like, who wrote this on the board? And nobody said anything. And then the kid, the the sort of the originator of the whole meme, the sort of like localized meme inside the middle school stood up and I forget exactly what they said. Uh, I, I think the phrase was save $500 a year on bread. Click here. Yeah. And in unison, all of the kids in the class did the exact same like hand motion yeah, after they, after they, they said that, the and the, just f- the one kid like improvised a weird salute, and then everyone in the class did it. Yeah, yeah. like in unison. And, and is the, there like a video of this? No, that, no, just, it, just a description. It, it went viral as a Twitter thread of someone like this. My niece did this. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and then there was, I think, later on they posted a photo of the niece making the hand motion. Yeah. And so I think like like Laura Hudson changed her Twitter name to Laura Hudson. Uh, save five hundred dollars on bread or whatever. Like, and like, so it's just it's like people have like adopted it as a as a new thing. Um, but apparently, it's not it's not permeated. Hey, it hasn't made it to it hasn't made it to me. It maybe that's the moment where humor uh, for millennials became <laughs> incomprehensible to normal people. That's a that's a meme that's been bouncing yeah. around. Yep. Um, uh, and yeah. I can't tell if the I can't tell if I ever saw the one that wasn't a joke. But now it's like just oh, hey the, find that, find that any funny Island video sketch making fun of the end of the, the OC. yeah this yeah. the finale of the OC which that was that's the point where comedy finally got good if you ask me <laughs> was the end of the OC or the the lonely Island? <laughs> probably the end of the OC I, so I had never seen the end of the OC and I had never heard that song. Okay, uh, right, and no. that and you that sketch got, is how I learned totally about that sketch. No, yes. well, it worked just as a as a work of absurdity. Yeah. Um, okay right but like because i got what they were go- like oh that's a thing that they would do on right. a on a dramatic on a show. tv right. show right. like yeah. right but it it's like have you seen that no i haven't uh it's pretty good it'll be in the show notes okay um, I'll check it out dear dear sister is the name of the snl sketch uh, it's also a very good song yeah i've listened to that song like 500 times and i've never listened to another image and heap song i have just that first five seconds on loop in my head right now <laughs> oh you can set it like as no like it's a, not but it's like the it's like the bridge it's not the, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah my, my takeaway from that story is that natural leaders are utterly terrifying oh huh like the five hundred dollars on bread. Yeah, so, like that. That I mean, that kid is using it as a force for good. But like, that's, a force for well, neutrality. She. Um, I, I, for, I would say like, uh, it, it makes it, it. It is a funny thing to do, and that is itself good. Um, oh, terrifying teachers is also probably good. Um, what about the cat that wants to get into the library? Is that <laughs> is that cat a natural leader? It just wants to. The cat is not natural I don't, reader. Oh uh, yeah. The cat, like, I don't think it's, I don't think the sign 
I guess the sign does indicate that it, it has successfully gotten into the library a bunch of times. Yes. Well, it implies. Yeah. It. Yeah. If it said, don't let the cat into the library again, it would indicate it. Right. Yes. What's the difference between indication and implication? Uh, I would have to certainty. One is one is pointing and one is not pointing, but you're still sort of know, supposed to know the referent. Every once in a while, yeah. you'll see a sign that only implies a thing, but also definitely indicates it. Like you'll see a sign next to something that says definitely no pooping in this. Yeah. No shitting right. on the floor. And so you know that something happened that caused that <laughs> sign to be put up, right. right? But it's... But, you know, maybe it's a better story if we just start putting those signs up everywhere, well, implying you, a history. Markov Cheney in the yeah, Illuminatus ah, trilogy, nice. like, destroys society by doing that, really? right? He, he just, he puts up a sign at in a fancy department store that says no spitting that just causes this chain of events that makes the department store go out of business. Wow. I, I have not, I've not read the Illuminatus yeah. trilogy. Markov it's Cheney? It's not yet. Really? It's not. Really? <sighs> Sorry, Riff. It's <laughs> it's bad. Huh. I haven't read name, it in though. a long time. It might be that it does not hold up since my high school years, but it was one of my favorites back then. Yep. So, yeah, so that's what I've been doing. <laughs> Composing that tweet. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> just been trying to compose a real good tweet. God, getting 280 characters has just paralyzed you with options. No, it? I don't. I don't have 280 characters. Yeah, everyone does now. No, no, no. I, I specifically do not because <laughs> oh. I, I have not updated my Twitter client in years. Oh, so okay. I still have stars. I don't have hearts. I still have. Uh, I guess I have polls somehow. Somehow that came through without the other stuff. Sean walked up to my desk yesterday and said, your Twitter feed has been like 20% more irreverent than usual lately. I like it. I'm like, okay, thanks, Sean. <laughs> he was responding to the Cessine Pau knife right. tweet, which uh, it was pretty good. Finally was okay. Did you I see, wish I had done a better job of did making Did you see the it. AI, the AI had identified in, in that artwork that it was a pipe? <laughs> there was like a, like a, uh, like a visual represent, like a, an algorithm that was trying to like learn pictures and it looked, it came across that one. And it was like, this is a definitely a pipe. That's good. <laughs> yeah. That's very good. Yeah. Here comes Mr. Pipe. Yeah. That was another good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I saw a ton of movies since the last oh, time yeah? we recorded a podcast. I watched Lost Highway because I'm kind of trying to watch every David Lynch movie. Lost Highway is like <laughs> Mulholland should, Drive, except bad. You should alternate David Lynch and Jane Lynch movies. I think that would be a good... I don't know who Jane Lynch is. Uh, actress. Um, she was in... She's in. A, she's done a bunch of character acting stuff in a bunch of things. I'm trying to think of who you would recognize her from. she ever she's, in a David Lynch movie? I don't think so. Uh, uh, she was the... Does she have a Merrill Lynch investment account? Yes, I think she does. Okay. Um, she was like the, was she in Kane and Lynch? <laughs> she was a bit part in, I want to say maybe, uh, 40 year old virgin where she was at like a, at a hardware store. Um, you'll, you'll know her immediately upon seeing her. She's a, she's a, she's a funny. Oh, actress. right. She's the, the short, she's the boss at the electronics store in the 40 year old yes. virgin. That's where, okay. That's um, what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to know. So where was she? What was the hardware store bit that she was? So anyway. Yes. Jane Lynch, David Lynch. Lost Highways. I don't, I don't think it was very good. Okay. Really? Oh, that's one of my Do you consider ones. that? Really? Yeah. Cause it's just, it just doesn't like, I like my right, so, drive better, but 
Mulholland Drive is weird and it replaces characters with other characters, but then you can think back on it and think, oh, that's what was going on there. Whereas Lost Highway just feels like, oh, he just was fucking around the whole time when he made this. <laughs> hmm. Anyway. It's been so long since I've seen either of those that I don't remember. Saw details. Thor Ragnarok, which uh, I don't, I'm not at all into the like Marvel cinematic universe but Thor Ragnarok was real good it was like half just big fight like bombastic fight sequences that I didn't care about uh, but instead of then it being like uh, melodrama for the rest it was like really well written funny scenes between charming people yep. so that was pretty good fucking Jeff Goldblum man <laughs> <laughs> just a delight just yeah just just good in everything. It's He's always the same guy. I mean, you know, isn't that like kind of Harrison Ford way where Harrison Ford is sort of just always playing Harrison Ford in whatever he's in? Uh, it's still good, though. Well, there was regarding Henry where he had forgot that he was Harrison Ford. That's true. Yeah. Um, um, do you think so? Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park is the same character as Jeff Goldblum in Thor Ragnarok, you think? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think uh, in, in canonically, it's All the right. same character. <laughs> Dr. Ian Malcolm, finally, uh, he, he chaoses so much that he becomes right. the, the bartender or whatever that, the grandmaster, the beast, the, the beast master. I'm just trying to think of the person who's in charge of me. Right. Um, on any given night, it's the bar. Whether I'm allowed to continue drinking at this bar or not. The beast um, master decides that. Yeah. Yep. Good old Mark Singer. Like, hey, don't let your ferrets steal all my money i need that to buy drinks mark singer i said they just sent an eagle to claw my eyes out wow. fine i'll leave so you can't look at the drinks so you can still drink them though and then i watched you uh call your mouth out three billboards outside ebbing missouri yeah yesterday so good. that movie is real good uh it's directed by i didn't I never would have guessed this it's directed by the guy who did seven psychopaths and in bruges i didn't see in bruges but uh yeah man Three Billboards is really, like, heart-wrenchingly sad. It's by turns heart-wrenchingly sad and genuinely hilarious. Yep. I'm Robert. I don't remember. Robert Egert. Being in a movie Len, where people Len, were, like, I'm laughing Leon Mulder. out loud as much as that movie. Like, people were genuinely it, just, just well, like, guffawing. It, it just, like, uses jokes to break the tension of, like, horrible sadness. Yep. So it, it's... Like, I mean, you know, I don't know. I'm probably particularly a sucker for stuff about small town cops just because I grew up around small town cops. But like it was, yeah, I don't know. It's real, real good. It's about Francis McDormand uh, is unhappy with the way the local police are handling the investigation of her daughter's murder. So she puts up these billboards just to sort of stir up shit. Yep. And then. It's a bunch of shit. shit gets yeah, a bunch of shit up. definitely gets stirred up. Yeah, yeah. It's got Woody Harrelson. Yeah, Sam charming. Rockwell. Yeah, it's real good, and everyone should see it. Yep, agreed. What have you been up to, Jim? I also I watched a movie. Um, there's a Netflix original called The Babysitter. Oh God, you saw this? Yeah. Is real that, good. Is that the you, wait? Uh, wait, what? I liked it a lot. Really? Yeah. Is it that was, the prequel to Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead? No. Yes, don't tell um, Kevin the babysitter's good. Uh, no, <laughs> it's, but it's a schlocky uh, Halloween 
ish movie, which is what it how Netflix recommended it to us. Sure, yeah, I think that's a fair description. Uh, we 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 found it like we watched the whole thing, but we were just sort of making fun of it the whole time. Oh, sure, okay, yeah, that, that's very fitting. Okay, yeah, uh, <clears throat> but I also enjoyed it a lot. Like it it starts out seeming like for like half an hour, it's kind of uh, seems like it's going to be like a like a um. A John Landis coming of age kind of story. Yes, exactly. And then it suddenly sets a tone and then immediately suddenly turns a into hard... a bloodbath, yep. which would be a spoiler, except it's also you kind of need the trigger warning yeah. in there uh, if you're going to recommend it to somebody. Because um, it's really gruesome. Yeah, it's very much so, uh, especially if you're not expecting it. <laughs> um, but it, it's it's all it's all played for laughs. Um, and I and very like. And it keeps being unexpected. I, I, like, I kept being surprised in, in, in good ways by things that happened. Okay. Um, very, very enjoyable. Oh, man. I also watched The Room <laughs> in between oh, yeah. the last time we talked you, about it. Because you're prepping for The Disaster Artist. Yeah. I want to see The Disaster Artist, and I wanted to, like, know what it was. Riff, have you seen The Room? Have you, Is like, watched Is that the one it? where the guy walks forward really slowly and pulls the curtains off the walls because they're stapled to his back? Uh-huh. I, um, that's the cell. Oh, okay. Uh, no, Vincent I, no. I solved it. God. Okay. Uh, there's also there's also a movie called uh, called Room, Room. right? Yeah, which which sounds like a serious movie about yeah. about like a woman and her child who are kidnapped for like the child's entire childhood. And oh wait, yeah, do the, you mean are you talking about the miniseries The Room? That's the lost room. The lost. Okay, oh. then I have no idea what you're talking about. Is this the movie where someone finds like a their father's puzzle box and they have to unravel the mystery of the box by manipulating it in various ways? Are you talking about something other than Hellraiser? <laughs> that's a joke I don't get. I'm talking about the the uh, phone game, The Room. Oh. oh, oh, damn. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. No, The Room is just a movie that like. And I never sought this out because it's like movie that people watch because it's like legendarily bad. Yep. And I don't. I don't tend to revel in. Yeah, I don't have. I don't have what. Like, I don't. I don't like think that it's lame for people to like watch Troll Two and sit around and make fun of her or whatever. But I just don't. I don't have whatever what about Sharknado. I don't have whatever gene yeah. that like, is. I watched to... Troll Two and thought it was entertaining enough to keep watching, but I tried watching The Room and most of it. Like there are moments, like you can find like fifteen second clips of it that are really funny because they're so bad, but most of it is just like really boring. Yeah, and it's. I mean, it was interesting. I was at the Alamo, you so watched I watched it in a theater. Yeah, I watched it in a theater. So, and I, like, and I watched it in the theater where you write the word beer down on a piece of paper, and then a beer appears in front of you, which, like, that sort of. Can you write anything? Um, you can write a lot of things. Yeah. Okay, all right. Um, <laughs> can you can you wish for more pieces of paper? <laughs> there's, there's plenty. I mean, it's a, you can lean over and steal some from the table next to you if you really get out of hand. Uh, so, I mean, that makes everything better <laughs> like the alamo draft house makes every movie better uh but it was like the combination of like lack of filmmaking skill and production like high production values because yeah, it costs several million dollars and it's super unclear where that money came from and it's right? filmed like it's like you know it looks good 
it looks like a movie. It's not it, it, like you if this was just something on like a VHS tape, right? Like if this was something that was at a high frame rate, so it looked like it was something that somebody had made on a on a home home movie camera, you you wouldn't bother watching it, but like yeah. I just I wanted to watch I wanted to understand what the disaster artist was actually about. Man, it's crazy. I can't recommend it. Hmm. Certainly. I mean, it's because it's really, really terrible. Uh, but I think it's, it's bad in an interesting way. It's like way. super genuine, right? Like, like not, yeah, like it's, it's real sincere. Like, and it's like, it, it evokes Wesley Willis to me hmm. a huh. little bit, but like, a Wesley Willis song is still like a song and like a song can only be so bad, right? Like you can't well, like, and, and he was like playing actual, like reasonable chord progressions. Right. Like and, the, the, and, and like auto fills on the Casio yeah, keyboard or whatever, like, which those are music. Like those are, they're, they're not know. great music, but they are music. Right. And like, uh, and, and his thing, also like a Wesley Willis song is like two minutes long. Right. Like two, yeah, two minutes and, and thirty-one half. seconds, or whatever. Like he he saw he read an article or saw something right. about how the perfect pop song is exactly this length because that was like the average of all of the number one hits forever. So every one of his songs was exactly that length, right? No matter how many times he had to hit the bridge <laughs> button on the <laughs> keyboard to do it. Um, ah, Wesley Willis, R.I.P. Buddy. <sighs> this is like that, except it's a long movie and it's real bad. Hmm. Um. But it's it just is there a coherent story to it? I mean, stuff happens. It's not it's not like just random things going on. I mean, people's motivations don't make any sense. It's it's like hmm. say I saw something on the internet that was like it's it's what you would get if you found like the smartest deer in the world and a <laughs> asked them to make a movie about humans. Okay. <laughs> like if you made a movie, you had seen movies, but nothing had ever actually happened to you in real life. And you went to make a movie. It would, it would, so is it, is it different than sort of like a standard outsider art kind of piece or is it, is that sort of well, where it's coming I think from? typically you don't get $4 million budget feature films as outsider art. So and that's is outsider why, art by definition, that's why it's interesting. I mean, or is it just somebody who doesn't No, Well, no, I think that typically somebody who wants to make a movie and doesn't <clears> like <throat> is outside the system of making movies can't make uh, one like this. So I, you get like, something like coven. Yeah. Co which coven, I'm, I'm sorry. Coven. coven. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't, they had they played American American movie American movie uh, in the film series leading up to the disaster artist, but mm -hmm. I missed it. I wasn't around for. When Have you they, seen when it before? Did. I think so, but I I'm not 100 percent sure. Like I've seen I've seen yeah significant it's, it's, parts of it at it's least. It's worth watching. It's enjoyable. Um, but yeah, I mean that's like like I could see an outsider art film being made on like Super Eight and released nowhere, right. but like this was really expensive I'm trying to think of other places that have had like just insane budgets but also are weird sort of outsider art pieces and I'm, I'm thinking about like there are like maybe North Korea like there was the, the, the Wing Commander movie I think maybe counts huh. you think I th I, yeah like I think that was like a, a guy who had never made a film well, Chris Roberts is the guy right yeah um, who who 
maybe he funded it just out of his own personal out of his own, out of pocket um but like went in there thinking he knew how to make a movie and it turned out he didn't and then he made star citizen instead hmm. um but yeah that that's an example i think of a movie that ver- that's very much like not made in the same way that most movies are made so i mean is like the museum that Paul Allen opened in Seattle, an outsider museum. Never, never seen it. But, well, well, it so, depends. Like, did he design? <laughs> like, did he curate it himself, or did he hire someone who knew how, knew how to do it? I mean, he curated it by buying science yeah. fiction and rock and roll memorabilia with his Microsoft billions, and right. then uh, you know. But I mean, maybe he hired somebody who worked at a museum to design the museum. Right. I guess, which makes it not an outsider museum. And that makes know. it not as interesting, certainly. Uh, like, is, the, is the museum of Jurassic Technology an outsider museum? That's a great question. Or is it just commenting on what museums are and is an art gallery? Or Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder if there's like is there like a documentary or a book about that museum? Like I would love to see something like that. I don't know. I kind of prefer to not know. I feel like it's more effective. This if is you something that, like, I got mythologize. when I met people after right after making Frog Fractions was like a lot of people were excited to meet me, but a lot of people were like, "Oh, I kind of preferred to just imagine it was just it sprang from the ether." Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't disappointed to meet you. Oh, good. <laughs> just so you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I imagine like if people are still listening to this podcast after what a hundred episodes of me being on it, <laughs> that they're they're okay with with me being a person. What have you been up to, Riff? Hmm. I played. I've been playing more of uh, Pandemic Legacy Two. Uh, I I actually have to take back what I said last time about uh about the story of it not being interesting. It gets a lot more interesting like midsummer. So it's pretty good. Although I so there's like a like a night's dream in there that makes it yes makes it yes. all fantastical elves and a guy with a with the oh I, I almost said that there's a guy with a donkey head but that would be a spoiler um <laughs> uh, the 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 downside is that i had kind of put like a lot of my eggs in one basket character wise and i had a really shitty run of bad luck that caused that character to die so i think the rest of the campaign is kind of fucked for me it's and it's just going to be like like six six games that are inevitably losses just to see how the rest of the game plays out does it but, not have the same situation where if you lose you play the same month so it, it would actually be 12 it, more games or? no I, it is but i took that into account it's like three uh, months left to go oh i see i feel we, like we only had one person die in our season one and it was not not a super valuable Character. Yeah, yeah. The, we, had, we had definitely made some choices that made things a little trickier at the end, but I think the, in a way that was the way that it was supposed to. This one out. has a mechanic that <clears throat> uh, I, I I won't say much about it, but it's difficult to t- like you you do not know in advance how much damage a given character character can take, oh. and it, and it turned out this guy I was relying on could only take a very small amount, <laughs> so. <laughs> Whoops. Hmm. I didn't, I realized that you didn't finish. We started talking about movies again after you said you watched The Babysitter. Oh, I mean, I was just... Anything else going on? Uh, wow. Okay. I could talk about board games, too. Um, <laughs> I, I opened oh. that seal. I opened yeah, yeah. that Le Marchand configuration. 
Uh, we've been playing. Wait, uh, now you're mixing everything up. Castle Ravenloft. Oh, oh yeah. Nice. Whoa. Which is a um, it's like bitch. a giant box. Isn't it's like it? a scaled down D and D miniatures it's, campaign. It's, it's like a um, you you take a um, D and D story and you scale it down to like a short D and D session versus AI versus versus yeah versus AI yeah. yeah with no DM. Um, and it was one of a series of like three games I think that. That were basically all the same game, but with different theming. So, like, this is the horror one, and there was one just against a. Like, there was a Drizzt one, and then there was oh, one that was that? just like, uh, here, fight this red dragon, basically. Huh. Um, and we've been working our way through the. It has like a, a series of, um, of scenarios you play through in, and in order it tells a really simple story. Um, and that's been like, it's been interesting to me how much, like, I, I enjoy this. When I don't enjoy tactics games like XCOM, mm. and I'm not really sure, or like uh, I, I played um, uh, Advance Wars a bunch, and like came away not really liking it, and I'm not really sure what the difference is, other than maybe just the transparency of it. Wasn't well, suggest so maybe it was the collaboration, right? Because aren't you playing with other people? Yeah, too? that's part of it too. But like, there's I the tactile element. Also, it's designed to not have the rule keeping done by computers, so the rule keeping is simplified and simplified. And like, the, that, all that's of what the I mean systems by, are right there in front of you. That's what I mean by transparency. Is that like I know what the AI is going to try to do if <clears> I do this? Um, maybe I just don't like being outsmarted. I think you might really like Into the Breach huh. when it comes out, the new oh, very game by the FTL folks, because it is, you know, every turn exactly what's going to happen next. Okay. And so it's just a question of, like, how do you mitigate that? That sounds interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Were you talking about this on the podcast I wasn't on? Yes. Yeah. It sounded good. Yeah. It is good. It is cool. Yeah. You play any video games? Oh, we're talking In the last about, okay, two weeks? Yeah. Um... I was playing uh, TIS 100. Oh yeah, nice. which is one that I was like, I, I I always figured like I should probably go go play this since I like Shenzhen IO so much. Yeah, it's kind of like the proto Shenzhen. Yeah, yeah, it's and the, I, I the, the language is very similar. It just doesn't have the movable components. Right, right, right. Um, it's it's interesting, like how much more constrained it is. Just the fact that you can't move components around and also like the each component is like as powerful as the least powerful CPU in Shenzhen IO. Um uh I, I liked it enough to finish the campaign, but like the theming didn't really pull me in. Like there's sort of a barely there story about how you found this thing in your dad's garage and you find some notes along the way of like him trying to figure out what's up. Um so it's like the room. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then like there's a second campaign that unlocks. Like I think like most of the most of Zactronics games, like there's a second campaign that's comprised of community created puzzles. Uh, and apparently the story finishes and gets more interesting there, but like all of those puzzles like are way too hard to be interesting to me. Hmm. Do the community puzzles have like story elements yeah. to them that, yeah, well, so I, I think they were written this i think the story stuff was written by um uh, matthew burns the same way the uh the main one was okay so they they just take community puzzles and make a new campaign a secondary harder campaign out of them but add their own story uh, that's my that's the impression i got the second that's... half of infinity factory i don't think was community puzzles i think it was mm. okay design but i could be wrong maybe i'm 
What happens when you... I'm one puzzle away from finishing the campaign of Opus Magnum. It doesn't... Nothing? No. Okay. It just ends. It's... Yeah. That might be a thing that they that they add in when it gets full release. There are like, a bunch of community puzzles available. Are. They just... Like, when we I played, don't think that they have story. When we played Shenzhen I.O., there wasn't a second campaign yet. Oh. Uh, it only came out later. Oh, is there, is there now a second? Yeah, there is now. Jeez. And and similarly, like, I tried going back in there, and, like, the first puzzle it gave me was just, like, this is just too hard to be fun. Hmm. Like, the, it, the, the, the journal puzzles in um, Opus Magnum are really tough. Yeah. And I don't have you done – have you gone back since they added the, like, the sort of sixth chapter of stuff? No. It's, like, a – it's things with – very constrained spaces mm-hmm. and that is extremely challenging yeah. i well. the thing that i want out of that game the most is just more easy puzzles i just want a mm-hmm. hundred puzzles that are like chapter one difficulty puzzles yeah that to would, just, that's what i want out of like, Shinjin io too like, like more little things to like optimize to the best of my ability and then those would exist in the in the player made stuff. Do they, or is they, it like fucking yeah, Mario finding Maker? It would be, finding yeah, it, yeah, they would, it like, would surely be there, but you'd, finding it would be the nightmare. And they're not trying to curate that stuff; they're only trying to curate the hard stuff for some reason. Right. Yeah. Well, are they are they doing the curate? I mean, the player so base, I, feel like I mean, you say for some reason because the hard stuff is what's interesting to them as the people who made the game and are the best yep. people in the world yep. at it, right? So that's not. That's not surprising there, but like the fact that what gets voted to the top by, I mean, maybe, you know, people like me aren't the ones voting, like looking at a thousand player generated puzzles and voting on them. Yeah. It's only the people who are like really serious adherents. I think, and I think that's the issue. Yeah. That's a bummer. Yeah. TIS 100 is, and Shenzhen IO are both like really. Like, real programming is never hard in that way. Almost never. Like, in that, like, constrained, like, you know exactly what you're dealing with, but you just have to figure out, like, what, what, like, 50 characters of code are exactly what you need to do in this space. I feel like it was, that was how video games worked when you had to put the thing, everything on a cartridge and stuff, right? Like, yeah, it was definitely more so, like, back then you were dealing a lot more with optimization problems. Or, like, fixing a shitty bug where it's like, fuck, I have to get this thing to happen before the V-Sync yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like but that, like, and that, but which just doesn't... Even, like, by, like, by, like, 2000, that wasn't how th- things were. Like, I remember um, when I... My... my the big th- optimization I did that I remember doing in like 2000 was I had a uh, a game of life implementation that was running slowly, and then I sped it up by reversing uh, which of the um, which of the axes was on the outside of the loop. So instead of uh, looping over the x-axis, then the y-axis, I looped over the y-axis, then the x-axis, and uh, that made. Um, uh, the um, reads and writes stay in the cache for longer. And so, like, optimization nowadays is much more about, like, very much uh, often about things you don't even realize are a thing. Like, about about um, rules that you didn't know were applying to you, but secretly are. Uh, there was or- a Gama Sutra article today about weird hacks in shipping games, yeah. and one of them was there were these performance issues that they were having on certain machines that only happened when the 
debug on-screen FPS meter was turned off. <laughs> and so their fix for it was to just always have that meter turned on, but render off screen. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like, just nobody knows. I remember reading a similar thing about how, like, uh, Donkey Kong 64 um, had a crash bug in it that didn't happen if you had uh, the RAM pack installed in your N64. And so they, they were like, we need to ship this right now. So we'll just like, we'll pay the cost of just including the RAM pack in every copy of this game. Yeah. Um, and it, they didn't use it for anything except that this bug didn't happen. There was some, in Super Time Force, there was some particular thing where their buffer for storing inputs in the past could get full if you, if the player did some sort of shitty stuff deliberately and they just made it so if that buffer is about to get full, it tells you that the battery in your controller is low and restarts the level. <laughs> <laughs> That's really stupid. <laughs> wow. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and the other, the other, th- the way, the, the way programming is usually hard nowadays is just like figuring out some shitty, poorly documented API, how to get it to do what you want. Like 99% of just logic is just like, you do the thing and this is for someone who's done programming for 20 years so like maybe i'm way off base here for a beginner but like you you write the code to do the thing that's in your head and if it's wrong usually what was wrong was that what you thought you wanted to do was wrong hmm. or like you hadn't thought of some complication that was going to occur once you actually tried to yeah write down the thing that you were thinking yeah the algorithm was yeah. bad yep um i played uh freeways been playing that a bunch, ah, actually. So you, good. Who who was talking about that a few weeks ago? Was it I you? was. Yeah, was it it's really good. Yeah, I know. It's I, I've been playing it on my uh, phone, which is just barely big enough to support. Like, it's really fiddly. I uh, was happy to see that. Uh, I have not yet gotten the outermost ring of hmm. screens unlocked, and I was really happy to see. Like, oh, good, there is way more. Game. Oh yeah. For me to go back to. Oh, you, so, the, there's some the that I just screenshot that I took haven't of? been able to. Yeah, I saw the yeah, screenshot. Yeah. There's some that I just haven't been able to get working at all. Like, are you playing on a PC? Yeah. There's just like a few that I'm like, I just don't understand how to connect all these roads in the yeah. amount of space that I have. It's like nuts. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there were a few things that I just discovered real late. Um, one of which is that um, the arrows that when you when you touch the the route signs so i should i should just describe this game this is a game where you are given a set of um of roads in going into and out of off the screen and you have to connect them together in a inter- interchange sort of a way and you do this by drawing roads by dragging with your finger or with the mouse um and there's no way to erase so like <sighs> Which is oh, really dumb. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, but like, it's just, you, you draw and then like, you make a correction by just like, by like, drawing a new road that hopefully. Or just resetting. Or just resetting the screen. Yeah. <laughs> Western. Um, it, every road that comes in has every type of car and then there's specific exits where particular no. cars just uh, go. If you, if you hold on the route sign, you get arrows pointing to what exits that that cars coming from there are going to want to go to uh, and the size of the arrow indicates how many oh which is something that like i didn't discover until very recently so you can, i you didn't can know make, the size so you want to emphasize you want to like have more direct routes for the easier, big arrows yeah, yeah. Wow, like okay. and my my strategy currently and this is successful on in most cases is just to make a big roundabout 
and then and like connect everything to it and then like for the biggest uh arrows just connect make those bi- directly make bypasses yeah yeah okay yeah. that totally makes sense yeah um Wow, that'll yeah. Knowing that, I think I can go back and do because the problem that I have is like whenever I get a roundabout that just backs up and doesn't right. let the simulation finish because it's traffic jam. Right, I don't know how to prevent it, but like, yeah, uh, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. It's it's real fun, and like I I do feel like I got better at designing interchanges over the course of playing this game. I feel like I do it in real life now. Nice, I could just like get a job Probably now as a civic planner. Remember when we met that girl at that party that did that for mm-hmm. a living? That was real interesting. Yep. <laughs> that's a thing that happened once. We met, <laughs> we met somebody whose job that was in real life. Yeah. And it was like, wow, that's great. <laughs> did, did you show them freeways on your phone? No, this was many years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Too bad. Before phones. <laughs> yeah, we didn't. <laughs> After bars, before phones. What about freeways? Hmm. Mid freeway. I think she invented freeways. Probably true. Before they She also made desert golfing. Them? Right. What else did that dude make? Enviro Bear. Enviro Bear. That's the thing I was thinking of. Is the the most famous thing, yeah. That's what his Twitter handle is named after. Hmm? Good. (coughs) And I played, um, I've been like, Mario, I'm I'm post Mario Odyssey in my life now, and it's hard. (laughs) Like, you can't can't go back and start afresh? I, I, I'm, so I've I've done that with most of the Mario games and am now as a result really sick of all of them just cuz I just played them all too much. And so I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that with this one. I'm going to wait. Like I'll wait like a year before I replay this game. Um and I've been I'm watching a bunch of speedrunners. Okay. Uh I've, one of my favorites is there there's a guy uh, I think his name is Okiro Kume or something like that. He's in Australia. So like it's a that handle is a um an affectation. Affectation, yeah. Um, but he's been doing 100% runs. Uh, what is, what is that? How long does it take? Mean. 100% means, uh, every moon. Every moon, get your moon count to 999, which is, you don't do by getting every moon. Oh, you, you have to buy, buy more. Some? Um, every, and then, um, every, every purple coin, every costume, every set, so- song on the soundtrack. Um, be, like beyond getting like all the moons, like the the things that are like less than obvious is that you have to spend a couple of hours. Like he spent, it's crazy, like two or three hours just grinding coins. Jeez. By running the same like special level over and over again. Um. Huh. And how long are how long is the shortest hundred percent run? Right now, his his best and which is the world record is about thirteen hours. Wow. Um, the, when he started doing this, he was like at 18 hours, which was just like, he has a day job. So like, that's just, uh, <laughs> asking for punishment. Um, but he's down to 13 now, which is nice. Uh, you, I think you can almost fit that into a life. Um, <laughs> and, um, and does he have to do it in one sitting? I mean, yeah. Is it- yeah. He's been, he's been like lamenting that like eating and going to the bathroom is eating is, is cutting into his world record time. I mean, he's playing it on the Switch, so he can totally true. go to the could, bathroom while he's he could, playing. But that's true. Yeah, he'd have to be naked the entire time, so uh-huh. as to not Just, have to take a hand off the controller to take I, his pants I, off. I think, uh, I think that would be very in character for this guy. Horse bag, uh-huh. and yeah, just a bunch of liquids that he could eat out of straws. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the. My favorite moment, and I've, so I say I've been watching this, but like what's really been happening is that like I've been sort of having it on in the background and then skimming around when it gets boring. Um, 
because like who has time to to even like n- n- much less like do a 13 hour run who has time to watch that um millennials yeah maybe because <laughs> there's no jobs right yeah except for this guy he's got a job for some reason What's um, his job i don't know he hasn't talked about it but i think it's a regular like Is just a, a moon blue collector? collar i think it's a blue collar kind of a thing um uh, my His favorite- job is to get coins out of the <laughs> wishing well in the or the fountain in the mall, <laughs> and then buy moons with them. Uh, my favorite moment in one of this guy's runs was when he uh, realized he had missed a couple of. He'd like been drinking during the 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 coin grind part, and so was like super drunk at the end of the run, and then realized he had missed a couple of difficult moons and had to do them while drunk, and that was fun to watch. Um, it's been like. I feel like this is something that hasn't happened enough in my life, but I, I have good memories of in, in the abstract of the sort of thing where like when you are just doing a really dumb project with a friend and maybe one of you is getting drunk, but not me because I don't drink, but maybe somebody is. <laughs> um, and you're just like you're doing this thing together and you're enjoying it, even though it's like this stu- a stupid thing that you would never do by yourself, but because it's like both a project and like a friend at friendly activity. Like You're a, just like, like a super taster episode. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it is kind of like that. Okay. I, I feel like watching, um, these, th- this is like the not, it's not the dumbest speed run idea because the, I saw a nipple percent run, which was like buying the, the swim trunks costume as quickly as possible. Um, and that was the whole goal <laughs> of the, that of the, yeah. Okay. Um, but like this, this, the fact that this guy is doing hundred uh, percent runs of Mario Odyssey is like incredibly dumb, and I think that's part of the fun. Is part of like, yeah, we'll we'll come along with you on this stupid ride, um, and it, it it feels very much like moments like that from real life. Um, the game I've been playing though uh, is Mario Galaxy Two, okay, and I've been doing this thing where like I I I. I di- I've like I said I've played all these games to death and I'm sick of all of them but I was like maybe like if I play this this like instead of playing playing it till I'm sick of playing it why don't I just like play a couple of couple of stars a day um which turns out to be like 15 minutes and so I've been playing um Mar- Mario Galaxy 2 in like 15 minute bursts uh, approximately every day and it's like it's nice it's like you know, it's a little bit of like, I'll, I'll, it's a moment to look forward to, uh, at the end of the day or what have you. Um, and then like, I have found that I am, um, when I, when I stop playing, I'm like, yeah, I want to get some more stars, but I, I gotta not do it because then I won't want to get more stars. And so that was been, it's been like, it's been nice to like, um, to realize this stuff isn't completely lost to me. How many stars did you get in Mario Odyssey? In Odyssey, I got all, I, I got everything, hundred percent of the game. Hmm. Uh, so that's I think eight hundred and eighty unique moons, and then one hundred and nineteen that you buy from the shops. I bought, I, I beat the campaign, uh-huh. and then thought, now I'll go back and get moons in all the other worlds, and then I did that for like five minutes, and I was like, nope, I don't want to do this at all, and yeah. I put it away and didn't play it anymore, and I kind of rushed through 
beating the game thinking, yeah, when I beat this, that's when the real game will start because now I know that all the worlds change and there's all this extra shit in them and that just ruined it for me. Huh. That's a bummer. Kind of wish I hadn't known. I I mean, it's also probably like the first few that I tried were just too hard or like I just oh, couldn't yeah. figure out where the fuck they were on the map because... Yeah, like, like for the first... using the list? No, I was using the... When you open those moon cubes and they just oh, put yeah, they, they X's pop, they on show the up map, on the map everywhere and I was just moon going to the cubes. X's when you beat when you beat the the campaign the campaign oh, and then I you go back that. and yeah there's just things that put 30 extra stars or 30 extra moons into each level wow okay uh, and it tells you where they all are but only in two dimensions right, right. Um, and also like if they're in a sub area it just marks the sub area's entrance yeah yeah I was talking to um Chris Bell, who had kind of the opposite problem where he had like gotten something like 500 moons before finishing the campaign and then was like bummed out by the, uh, the, all the extra moons spawning in because he thought he felt like it had invalidated his previous work. Hmm. Like he had, I, like this is, this is me. Like I had had a conversation with this guy, um, via Twitter and then like this is my interpretation of what he said so like don't take this as gospel but like the impression I got was that he um had attached value to the few moons he had left that he had left to collect and that value was then uh invalidated by right. suddenly there being a bunch of new moons in the world see I knowing that the worlds were fundamentally going to change I thought that something was going to physically change about them. Mm -hmm. Like I thought they were all going to be twice as big. No, that or happens something. in ukulele. Um, you should play that right. one. No, <laughs> no. Nope. Uh, and that made me not care about being thorough to begin with. Did, yeah. uh, does, does the world change like it does after you beat the boss and add moons that way or like cuz after you beat a, after you beat the world boss like there are some physical things about the level that do change not the yes, scope of it, it. I, I believe it does like change the geometry a bit okay um, i think it might like spawn in some of those hat platforms that weren't there before to make certain distant weird areas available or whatever but yeah. not it adds new little pipes for you to go like those square gray pipes that those don't exist before the oh at all game. Oh, okay yeah so they're just like new sub areas yeah but they're they're like the little abstract challenges in the mario galaxy games except the camera's fucking horrible so i just quit every time like uh, it's it's so it, why is it's the camera so just bad? maddening like the the fact that the camera will struggle against your attempt to set it to either perpendicular or parallel to your movement because it just really wants to be at some fucked up 45 degree angle that makes it so you can't see where any of your fucking jumps are going to land. Hmm. Like I, I continued the entire time to just be pretty routinely just furious with the camera. Every time I stopped, like every super Mario Odyssey session ended with me being so pissed off because I had died on the same jump five times in a row because the fucking camera kept swinging around and making it so I didn't know where I was going to land. Like, that's when I would just turn it off in disgust. I, I want to... I, this is never going to happen, but I want to watch you play and figure out what's going on. No. I Like, man, the number of times you will go around a corner 
and the camera just won't follow you around the corner. It's like, no, you know, I bet what you want. I bet what you want is to see a shadow of you and not see the surface that you're running on so that you won't know where the infinite abyss pits are that will instantly kill you. That's probably where the camera should be right now is on the other side of a fucking mountain so that you can't see anything about where you're going or what you're doing. I'm like, thanks, Lakitu. This is sweet of you. <laughs> I don't think it's Lakitu in this game. It's still Lakitu. It okay, just means forever. Lakitu just wrote the camera code in this game. Yeah. Yeah. He automated his job and then left. And played laid a, off. Played a bunch of that. And I put a shitload of Destiny 2. Weirdly. Oh. Um, I, I feel like I kind of missed the boat. I feel like the. The, the leveling game of Destiny 2 turns out to be about 10 hours long. Uh, I, yeah, the, I heard the main campaign is actually pretty short. Yeah, I started playing this weekend, and I hit the level cap today. Hmm. Uh, after maybe 10 or 11 hours of, of play, and now apparently I'm in the loot grind everybody's angry about. Um, maybe I'll just give them a hundred dollars and max out all my stats and they'll be fine or you could just not play more of a game that is bad there's a lot of it that i haven't seen i mean i don't it's not bad in any way that i can tell yet like there's a whole i haven't actually finished the campaign either like i hit the level cap without finishing the campaign so there's a few story missions that i have left to do and there's an expansion coming out like tomorrow that adds some more story missions so that was pretty good uh and like all of these new categories of activities keep opening up I really want to talk to someone who understands how the instancing works hmm. because there's a lot of the time that this really feels like I'm in a big world surrounded by other people. And whenever it's fun for us to be cooperating on a goal, we are. And whenever there's something that would be ruined, if other people were fucking around, there aren't any. And I want to know how that works. Like, it seems like there's just a bunch of really aggressive, really seamless phasing and instancing going on so that I don't precisely understand. Like, there are all of these huge maps. I mean, all. There are five huge, four, maybe? Four huge maps that are just, like, planets you can go to. Um, and all of the story missions take place, like, in these open-world maps. But I think when you're on a single-player mission, you just don't see anybody else you're just like you just have your own copy of it um like you'll go through a door and then secretly everyone else will disappear hmm. um, it's you just so you don't go through a, you, you don't go through a level load no huh. no it's crazy it's it, like it's really nice actually like because it's just like wow i don't yeah i don't understand how the instancing works in this game because i don't need to understand how the instancing yeah, that seems, works that sounds really seamless. in this game yeah it is and i mean i think it's you know not real worldy i haven't tried to play with friends i imagine that might be tricky yeah well yeah it might be a case where like you two like you're like running together and suddenly one of you disappears yeah and if you're the one who disappears like you just vanish into the ether and die um so you might have to party up you shoot a lot of aliens um and yeah. the the scenery is really expensive and really pretty. Like, it's just the environments are so nice and just really cool. And it's got the, the, the like, lore and backstory stuff. I'm not, like, digging into it real deep. But, like, you know, the place where humanity is holed up is called The City, the capital C. And, like, there's That's this big – It is my favorite thing. Just a bunch of things that are just the noun but with a capital letter on the beginning of the noun. 
there's the speaker and the traveler and the, oh God, I just like, I eat that shit up. Uh, there's, there's this race of robots and like the, the, robots. the grunt, uh, enemies are called goblins. And then there's, I don't think that's the one that has wizards. They have centaurs and hobgoblins and it, that's pretty good. Um, they're not really goblins. They're not meaningfully goblins. Okay. You know, there's just all these races of aliens that are sometimes fighting each other and sometimes you're fighting them and there's cutscenes that I don't care about at all because the VO is really bad except for Nathan Fillion. Like Nathan Fillion is just super charming and his character is great and he understands all of the fucking sentences that he's reading <laughs> in a way that no other actor seems to. I mean, they only give him like really snarky charming lines so i'm sure that helps but it's just like constantly triggering that thing where it's like if you understood what you were saying you would not have emphasized it that way god damn it and it man nothing takes me out of like nothing makes me angrier about vo than that just the wrong it seems like bad voice direction yeah that the direction there is the issue I mean, well, you, what that you, says is that the voice director didn't understand the intent of that line exactly. either. Yeah. I mean, it, well, it doesn't necessarily, right? The voice director is theoretically reading the line in context. Like, what you want, I guess, is the person who wrote the line to always be there when the line is being recorded. Yeah, but ideally. that is probably impractical. Ideally, what you want is if four people are talking, you want them to be talking to each other while they're recording their lines, but that's never going to happen because you're never going to get you're well, never going to get Nathan Fillion and Patrick Stewart in the studio at the same time. Yeah. But Plus you can only afford one mic because a, you spent all your money on it, voice a big actors. branching tree of conversation possibilities. No, these are all just cutscenes. Yeah. Like these are like this, this is like a uh, there is like no branching. It is destiny. It huh. is so clear that like having big name voice actors is a better way to sell your game than having good acting in it. Yep. It's a bummer. Yeah. I mean, and it just mean it just it just means more content's expensive. Never come out. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> when you were talking about the game being really pretty and expensive, I feel like. It would be interesting to see, like, uh, a company trying to justify uh, loot boxes or other forms of, like, uh, arguably exploitative microtransactions by, like, the same way that, like, when uh, Epic was trying to convince Microsoft to double the amount of RAM in the Xbox 360, they showed, like, video, they sent them video of, like, here's what Gears of War would look like with uh 512 megabytes of ram versus 256 and apparently that was what convinced them to spend the extra 100 million dollars or whatever it was right um uh i would like to see like here's how much budget we could justify to the to the you know finance people uh we could get out of the finance people by saying we'd put loot boxes in the game like here's what the game looks like versus what it would look like with loot boxes yeah without well, loot well boxes. no with four times the budget which is what you get if you have loot boxes in, right. right like you four times the revenue whatever yeah or four uh, times the like the anticipated revenue even though who knows like yeah but but the environment is just littered with open loot boxes yeah yeah after 5 minutes well yeah but that, so that would presumably be incorporated into the God, video where like check out this fucking obnoxious quality of life thing that they somehow didn't fucking fix in destiny 2 <laughs> versus gone you can you can get a sort of a power up that 
like in one area, this comes from like a thing that you can equip early on, but then later you can buy like treasure maps from Nathan Fillion that are like, this will tell you where all of the little treasure chests are out in the open world in this given area. And you get like HUD markers for where the treasure chest is that don't go away once you've looted the fucking treasure chest. They just still sit there indicating the location of an empty goddamn Ugh. treasure chest worst do they don't it, they don't like change the appearance on the map no yeah that's, that's it's too bad. like it huh. man is that like can you open it again the next day i don't know maybe i don't know like i i don't really understand the way that any of the stuff i learned from reading about it not from anything that the game taught me that there are these public events that happen all over all the maps just in a kind of a cycle and you know there's always people doing them uh, when you go to them, which is another way that the instancing is really seamless and fun. Sometimes it'll describe it as a heroic event and sometimes it won't. And I learned that, and this is cool, actually, there's just like a trick that you can do in each of them that makes it harder and increases the rewards for it. Oh, and what is the new uh, World of Warcraft dungeons. Are there... What does that mean? There's a trick. So... Like you can opt into a hard mode? Yeah, if you know how. Like... There's a thing where there are these, um, there's this race of aliens that are like <clears throat> magicians, uh, and you have to like kill these guys that have shields on them and the shields despawn when you stand in these circles. But then there's also some like crystals up on the wall that have shields around them. And if you notice that when you stand in the circle, the shield on those also drops and then you blow those up, it spawns like a harder end boss huh. for the event. Um, there's like there's there's like an event that happens all the time where there's like a bunch of weapons on the ground and then they the aliens deploy this big walker to retrieve the weapons but you can by doing this kind of annoying thing unlock all the weapons caches and if you unlock all of them it deploys a second walker which just makes it twice as hard to finish but then you get more loot rewards they've been doing a bunch of stuff like that in uh World of Warcraft raids for a long time. Like in uh, uh, Lich King, there is uh, all the. I think I think every boss in Ulduar had one. Like there was a guy that the boss started out neutral to you until you attacked him, which started the boss fight. Or instead of attacking him, if somebody pushed the big red button on the wall, it would start the boss fight. But if you did it that way, the arena exploded in so many minutes and auto killed you. Hmm. Uh, Things like that. Uh, one of the things that makes Mario Odyssey like a good game for watching speedruns is that um, every boss fight has speed strategies where like you can do things that are more dangerous but finish the fight much faster. And like a lot of boss fights have that sort of thing, but the fact that every single one of them does in this game, like uh, it says to me that they actually built this game with speedrunning in mind mm. which is it, which is interesting probably not 100% speedrunning but no. like you have to beat all the bosses to beat the game at all right so um not all of them but a lot of them mm. oh i guess some of the worlds you can get enough stars to take off yeah yeah there there's a, a mode called there's a speedrun um class called world peace which is do beat all the bosses basically mm. um yeah there's a lot of... So what's the speedrun trick for the first woman who has the leashed chain chomp? I forget. <laughs> oh, well. uh, you should watch more of them. Yeah, maybe I should. You just get a full-time job watching no, this I've, guy. I've mostly just been watching this one guy grind coins for hours. That's pretty... Seems pretty satisfying. Yeah. 
Um, I don't normally like shooters, but I feel like the loot progression in this is making me want to play it, and maybe I'll get slightly better at shooters. Probably not. I still get my ass handed to me by real basic enemies a lot of the time, because I just don't understand just real basic situational awareness and tactics. <laughs> but, uh, that's, you know, I got a cool, I got a chest piece, uh, unique item that makes it so I don't have to remember to reload my gun. Okay. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> Do you have like cool wolf pauldrons? Or no, anything? no wolf pauldrons. Garbage. I know. Do you have any pauldrons? Yeah. I mean, everybody's got pauldrons. Yeah. All God's children got pauldrons. <laughs> <laughs> What have you been playing, Kevin? Uh, so I went back and um, mostly because I um, went to Fantastic Arcade and did and wanted to leave the Switch for Melissa uh, so that she could play the new Skyrim. Um, I brought my 3DS and I went back and pl- finished the Metroid Samus Returns game. Uh, and by and large, really enjoyed it. Uh, the boss fights, the last couple of boss fights were yeah. Kind of bullshit. I'm I'm stuck on the on the robot with the big cylindrical arms. He sucks. do you want me to explain that one? Because I, I had to fucking look that up. <laughs> I I think I know how to do it. I just have to execute on it. Okay. It. How many phases have you gotten into it? Uh, I think I'm I'm at like the third phase. I okay. Think. Yeah. All right. It's just it's just lasers all over the fucking place. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. ah! Yeah. You just got to Catherine Zeta-Jones that shit. The problem is that I the, I got to a point where I was in a steady state where I could never... I could consistently avoid all the damage, but had no idea how to do any damage to the boss. Mm-hmm. And I did that for about half an hour and was like, fuck this. And that's when I looked it up. Because it was just... I was just pissed. And it was there just like a trick? Yeah. That sucks. Yep. Yeah, there's like a particular thing you have to hit on him that you can only get to in a certain way. Yeah. And it just isn't... It's not what It doesn't have a big flashing clear. red spot. Yeah. And Because if you do it even slightly wrong, it rebuffs you in a way that you're like, well, I clearly can't do that. Mm. Right. And like there were like two or three points in the boss fights where that just kept happening. It's like... That actually was another... There was one... There's one sort of secret move that you have after you've gotten all the power-ups. It's sort of a combination of like two or three power-ups. And they, at no point do they explain it to you. And I felt it was kind of bullshit because you have to do things in a very particular way. And I, just given the physics of it, I feel like it should have worked in... It should have done something when you were like close to it, but not doing it exactly right. Hmm. Um, do, do you know what I'm talking about, Riff, with the no. super bombs? No. Uh-uh. So there... I don't, I don't know if this is spoiling something for you, but there's a way to travel in a straight line basically forever as long as there's uh, nothing blocking you. Oh, like a shine spark? I guess. Uh, but in, it involves like doing like sort of three things. Huh, weird. All in succession. And there's just, and if you don't do one of them, like if you do two of them, like I feel like it should. You'd, like I felt like if you used a super bomb, it should like blow you back or something in a way. If it's gonna, because you use the super bomb to like launch you in just a, in a certain direction, but um, it it only does it in a very particular 
such a circumstance and it's just kind of annoying so like it doesn't teach you it doesn't that teach you exactly yeah, that's that and that was the thing that i felt annoyed about because i had used them all over the place and i was like well this doesn't have any impact on you so there's no yeah, it, if, if it only has the uh, the um the the damage boost when you're doing it a certain direction that's just bad puzzle design kind of yeah so that was that's one of my few gripes with it otherwise you know i just it, it's a good metroid game that's really really long and expansive yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um which is very satisfying um and then I played some iOS games. Uh, I played. I went back and started playing some Super Mario Run because I hadn't played that since it came out, basically. And they've added a bunch of content to it. Um, yeah, the, there's what is it? It's a new mode where it remixes existing levels. Yeah, like it takes it takes old levels and then takes the little chunks of them and does ten of them in sort of rapid succession. Um, and that's pretty compelling. It's it's extremely unforgiving if you get hit if you like die you don't do the bubble and return back thing it just you just lose that little chunk and move on to the next one yeah the stakes are low it's just not important if you make progress or not basically yeah um but i i wanted to there's also a set of levels that you unlock now by completing sort of missions and one of the missions was to like collect all the uh bonus medals from the from a remix set like so you have to get 30 plus medals or whatever and that was pretty hard like i getting consistently on 10 sort of mini levels in a row consistently collecting everything yeah it's and 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 i think as that as you get further into that game they get harder it feels like like it for sure so you need to if you're going to do that mission you ought to do it early exactly yep and if i had known early i that you could if you were screwing up you could just quit and it would just take you back to the beginning right with no like resource cost i probably would have done that much earlier too so yeah uh yeah so but the the new levels are good like you know it's just it's a it's i think it's a pretty fun mario game i was thinking that maybe that's what you were playing as well after you to get your mario fix but yeah uh, yeah is i don't know if mario runs even on a device that you Uh, i I own it i've got it on android oh it does okay yeah um yeah it's 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 pretty fun it's not like it's the, not the platforming you desire yeah the mario fix that i'm looking for is the the 3d movement okay which i'm i'm really like a it, it's very ingrained in my head as as like the thing i want to do most your problem with mario run is that the camera is too good uh-huh. <laughs> uh, i've too been consistent i've been doing freelancing where i have to do like camera manipulation in 3d um, write write code to do camera camera manipulation, and it's way harder than writing two D camera code. And that's something that like uh um has been a real education for me these past this past month or so. Is just like try I, t- I was tweeting about this actually about trying to get a camera to look at a thing while moving in an intuitive way while like going from one place to one other place. Hmm. Um, it's been it's been really interesting. It was like learning about quaternions. Using a camera in like just a camera that follows you in a, a like sort of parallel sort of way in West of Loathing was like seems pretty straightforward. And then we added the command to like have the camera actually like think something else might also be interesting and try to keep you and that thing on the screen yeah. at the same time. And that yeah. that made a lot more things possible. Yep. I think having a programmer who had dealt with yep. 3D camera stuff in AAA games and then able to just do like the best possible version of a 2D camera with yep. comparatively little effort 
helped a lot. We were real yeah. lucky. Yeah, it's that ex- having experience there is so important. Like, and and the other these are all technically solved problems. Sort yeah, of. yeah. Three well, D cameras, not really. Like, so, I don't think anybody's ever really gotten it right. Yeah, I didn't have but, any problem with the three D camera in Breath of the Wild. Never once felt like it was. I was fighting against it. Yeah, I, I, that might be true for me too. Um, I think it's it's solving a much easier problem than the Mario Odyssey camera is trying to do. Why is that? Like, what what is it about Mario that is so much harder than Zelda? I'm not. Sh- I think it's it's mostly just the that the um the moment to moment action is much more like um jerky. Like you're much more likely to run in a straight line for a while in Breath of the Wild, and you're, you're much less jumping. likely to like rapidly change direction. In many times in succession. Okay. And it often doesn't really matter where you're standing. Yeah, positioning is, is right. so like important on a platformer. It, it, the game is not littered with bottomless pits or pools of acid that instantly kill you. True. Like. Um, whereas, like, I think a lot of people would argue that, like, 2D cameras was solved in, like, 1991. Uh, the, the, I think we've talked about it on the podcast before, but there was a... GDC talk and a, um, a co- accompanying article by the guy who made Mushroom 11 in the article. And they're both full of like really uh, – this was just uh, a study of like basically every important 2D camera that, that people have put in a video game uh, with like really uh, useful accompanying animated GIFs. Yeah, I remember that. Um, very, very informative. If you Even if you're just – if you're not going write to write some camera code but you're just interested in it, it's still good read. Or good watch, and then there was a a similar thing for 3D cameras, although not as in, not as comprehensive that um, John Nesky did um, after, after he I think he worked on the field code for Journey, um, and uh, it was a similar thing of like here's 50 important things to know if you're going to be writing a 3D Jeez. camera. That's a lot of things to know. Yeah, <laughs> cameras are garbage. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Number well, one, cameras are garbage. Yeah. Cameras, you shouldn't have a camera in your game. Yeah. You should just have audio. <laughs> All games. games should be first person. Right. That's actually like so, so nice of a cheat. Like a first person game, is, it, like you, you, the camera code just like goes away entirely if you're doing that. It's It makes it, it solves so many of those problems for you instantly. It's very clever. And it makes the games better usually. <laughs> it makes it more immersive. Super Mario Odyssey would be great as an FPS. There, there's definitely there's a button you can hold. Okay, so I don't know if this is actually. I, I think there's a button you can hold in Mario Odyssey to put the camera right over the shoulder. Mm-hmm. There's definitely one to do that in Mario sixty four, and you basically at that point play it like, um, like like Doom in the sense of uh, you have two buttons to turn and two buttons to move forward and back. Yeah, I think you can play it like that. Although I don't know. I don't think it would be a, a fun way to do it. What else do you play on your phone? Uh, I finished Campfire Cooking. Mm. Like That's, beat all the puzzles? I did, yeah. you. There's a campaign of like 100 puzzles. and then A campaign. Campaign. <laughs> oh. uh, and then it unlocks five sort of extra difficult puzzles that I I enjoyed greatly, actually. Those, those are probably the, the most fun. It feels like the first... Hundred words to t- tutorial. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that's a great game. It's like a very sort of low barrier to entry, 
uh, inspired by Steven Sausage Roll seeming game with a couple of new mechanics uh, that it sort of tosses in that are good. So I saw that Steven Sausage Roll made it onto the list, Polygon's list of top 500 uh, video games. I was pleased about that. Neither what do you figure we're at? Number four? Yeah, yeah neither, neither of six. ours are on the list yet. Yeah, and which means they're in the top 200. They must be, yeah. Because yeah. how could we possibly be omitted? Yeah. We each have two games on there, too. So, <laughs> Sorry, everybody else. <laughs> one, one through four. Yeah. Plus, um, your, your Burning Man Oregon Trail. Oh, yeah. That's got to be on the on list as well. What's that called? Desert? Uh, Desert Hike. Desert Hike, yeah. What have you been playing, Riff? Mm, not much, just the the new Pokemon, and that's there's a new Pokemon. The yeah the the uh, Ultra Ultra Sun Ultra Moon the remake of the previous po- Pokemon. Have, it's the, we, doing doing an HD remaster already. Did we not talk about that already? I, we might have. Yeah, but I don't think you called it the new Pokemon last time. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> you, if you want to quibble over terms or not. I don't. The the one that has just come out, regardless sure, of whether you sure. feel it's new or not. Is it so? Is this like a remake of a game that you've already hundred percented twice? Yeah, it's like the Pokemon Yellow to. Uh, I this Pokemon doesn't mean Red. anything. So, <laughs> God. How do you work in the na- in the games industry and not know this much about Pokemon? Um, so every Pokemon, most Pokemon generations, they ha- they come out with two of them, and then later they release a third one that sort of is the same one again, except the variations from the first two combined into it and m- with more features. And this is that, so- except instead of doing a single third one, they've done. A, a second pair of them. Uh, so, does it see? I feel like that strategy would make me feel like I was a chump for um, buying the the basic ones if I knew that a later one was going to come out that was a combination plus. You you probably stuff. have to buy all three to truly catch them all. Uh, I feel like the way it works for Pokemon fans is that they do feel like chumps, but they have to buy them anyway because they want to play the cool game. It's I feel like it's it's kind of a way that they can put a Pokemon game out every year, but have, while only making a while Pokemon only game every, every third every year, every two 30, years, thirty yeah. years, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the the like this is the this is the stopgap that they've put out that they can say to the B team, you know, take the engine and here's the content, add a little bit of this to this while we, while the, the real team works on Pokemon switch or, or whatever comes out next year. The A team does it. So it's like, yeah, Mr. T and face. Yeah. You you have to, you have to drug his milk before he'll program anything for you. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, well, should we talk about the assignment Million Onion Hotel? By yes. Onion Did we do one of game? those? Hum, hum, hum. The sound effects in this game are so freaking charming. It's just, yeah. it's just ridiculous. Shit, I played with the sound off. Oh my god. Oh, no. yeah, you've got to go back and it's play. Really, just uh, just play for like half an hour. Okay. It's, so it's like right. a weird re- real-time puzzle game where you're tapping onions and then in a you five make by five field. rows yeah. and it's, there's a real stressful timer. God, it makes yeah. my arm hurt. <laughs> 
<laughs> the timer? Just tapping no, too just much? No, just tapping so fast and, and so what, much. What device were you playing it on? Phone. Okay. I was wondering if you were playing like on your iPad Pro. And ah, I feel just, like on the like, iPad Pro would be like the the extremely rare situation of having too much real estate. You'd have yep. to move your hand too much. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I played... I probably only played 20 minutes of this game, and I don't feel like I learned anything or got any better at a video game. Yeah. There's a lot going on. Like, I, I definitely like. Yeah, well, there's a tutorial, and it still doesn't explain no, it, I know. anything. I know. And I think that's a. I, like, legitimately think that's a joke tutorial. Like, it's there to, like, just confuse you. Okay. Uh, but I don't remember the tutorial. It, but... it was definitely like. Uh, I mean, they have you just performing the same it's basically you learn the same things from the tutorial that you learn in the first five minutes of the game which is basically nothing <laughs> so it's a five by five grid and onions appear and if you tap on them it marks the square red yep. and if you make a row of red squares it scores it or diagonal. Uh, or like yeah. and it, you get bonus points for like ma- for matching multiple rows yep. at once yep. but i was never able to do that on purpose you get singles doubles triples or miracles if you can get four <laughs> oh yeah um yeah, that's really hard because you don't have any control over what squares you're allowed to pick. So you can just get real unlucky yep. setting yeah. up combos. And so Sitting I just waiting for stuff to stop trying entirely. And yep. then that's how. And, and, and yet, like, even if you do that, you still like play for like a game lasts like 15 minutes because that's just the kind of game it is. And you get to a boss fight. I was never able to beat the boss. They're tough. That's, yeah. that's one of those strategy things. You need, you need to have a couple of like, doubles or triples at least early on so that you can collect enough little soldier mm. onions yeah, to I never figured the out how to defend against the boss's attacks. I don't know that you can. Huh, okay. Yeah. You might be able to and maybe that's just... Like I, I didn't know the soldiers idea. were what you used against the boss. The, the, you do. You, the soldiers... You, so the bosses get shields and you need to not use them while the boss has a shield up but you need to use them rapidly... You, you tap the them at the bottom of the screen to send yeah. them to fight uh, the... And they do a ton of damage, whereas the, st- the other stuff you're doing isn't really doing much damage. I so. see. Yeah, I don't think I ever beat a boss. I did, like, time out a boss once. Yeah, they will they will eventually, if their battery runs out, they will leave. They will yeah, escape. that was what always happened to me. I always considered that to be a loss. It's. I think it's neutral because you can lose just by like, them forcing you out of time. Oh, okay. Like, you losing is your timer running to zero. When you get a when you make a line of of onions, you get a little timer, which is an extra twenty seconds, and so and you get one for a single like for a single row or column, and you get two of those little timers for uh, getting a double, three for a triple, and so on. Um, and also, getting, and sometimes getting the double or triple is what creates the bizarro space world space where world, you get yeah. to click on fruit instead of. It's, yeah. Bonus, yeah, bonus fruits. This game's just it. It I appreciate that like it is full of weird, like mysterious systems. Yep. Yeah. And, and the strangest cutscenes. Yeah. yeah, like the cutscene like, story of some kind of weird mafia military coup or something. Yeah. And the guy that the guy that gets killed, but he has his heart was. Uh, the only thing preventing a missile launch from going off, yeah. which then kills it. I saw a, a sex party scene. Of a, yeah, a party which of, was just like did not expect that in this. Oh yeah, there's a, so there's a sex scene, and then there's a there's a party where everybody gets naked and starts making out, and then everybody gets killed by it, missiles. Right. So, spoilers. Sorry. Well, maybe they saw the missiles coming and they decided to get naked and make out because they knew they were all about to die. Uh, 
that no, but yeah, that would be that would be good. Too bad there wasn't any VO where like Patrick Stewart could have explained this to us. <laughs> That's true. Maybe in the director's cut. Maybe he just made all of their clothes fall off and they tried to put them back on, but it was too late. He'd seen everything. I feel like there's actually a lot of deep strategy here if you're willing to spend the time to figure it out. The as you proceed through the game, the enemies the, the onions, the enemies, the the onion field gets uh filled with more and more complicated objects. So yeah. there are like bells that you have to ring a couple times. There are bombs that will show up you have to hit like four times before they go away and if you don't they blow up and take like remove the the yeah. red markings on the the surrounding squares. Are those those are those brooms? There are brooms that do that a little bit too. There's there's a, there's a whole like there was brooms that were just sweeping up my onions. Yeah, it's not <laughs> asparagus that's just tall. Yep, uh-huh. they are annoying because they take a bunch of clicks. You have to wait in between them, and they they block what's behind them. You can't see what's happening behind them. There's stuff that falls in from the sky and will take away a bunch of your time, but you can prevent it if you hold down on a square that gives you a little umbrella to bounce it off. Uh-huh. Um, but those, then those become more and more frequent and more and more damaging. Um, and that's, a, that's, that is a major way in which you have to. Do you think this react. is the moment at which millennial games became <laughs> incomprehensible to it's, older people? It's possible. Mo- millennial, millennial, millennial. The guy that made this game is he's older than all of us. I think very, yep. he's, he's a cool dude. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Him. Indicate a couple years ago, yeah, I've met him a couple times, and he's very, very outgoing and very charming. Um, I mean, he could be a monster. I don't know. I'm not going to, like, vouch for the dude. Sure. Uh, In this post-Weinstein era, you can't vouch for anybody. No kidding, man. He could be another Garrison Keeler. Or he could be a Garrison Piss Cutter, which is a kind of hat. As far as I know, he's a hat. Okay. Guilty of hat crimes. (laughs) Sure. Hat speech. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do, <clears throat> I don't have anything else to say about Million Onion Hotel. That's, I think I it is, buy it. It's fun. It's I fun. It a it's, good game. it's cute. It is. It is cute. Also, play Dandy Dungeon. Dandy Dungeon's pretty good. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's more comprehensible to non millennials, I think. The plot is more straightforward as well. Yeah. I think. Uh, I mean, basically, Dandy Dungeon was the story of the making of Million Onion Hotel. Okay. Which is like, no wonder he got fired. <laughs> he didn't get fired. He quit. They wanted him to come back. Right. Yeah. Uh, what's our next assignment, Kevin? It is a Patreon backer suggestion. That is Hitman from 2016. Last year's Hitman, the episodic Hitman game where you hit mans and <laughs> every once in a while you get to kill Gary Busey if it's Tuesday. Like I don't we, think we because get to do we're doing this late, we don't get to do any of the like cool limited yeah, time the elusive stuff targets that happened. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. We can just go back and listen to Tom Francis talking about them exactly. on the Crate and Crowbar. That's 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 good enough. For in me. fact, we'll just copy and paste. Oh yeah, that in now that he's a regular. Yeah, that's yeah. Now brilliant. that our podcasts are officially the same podcast, <laughs> we, yeah, we've, we're all inside the snow globe. Is that what's happening? I feel like someone has been cutting onions in the office. Every time I come into the office, my eyes start to sting. How many onions? Um, 500,000 cut in half. Um, one for each of your 250,000 onions per eye. Um, 
You're not, you're not noticing anything weird about the air in here? Okay, no. so it's just me. Well, you might just be I'm the only one Jake. who can feel it coming in the air tonight. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. There might be some irritants in here. Yeah. Why, have you been loosing irritants into the air without me knowing? <laughs> I, I feel like the the f- the orange foam is enough of an irritant by itself. Oh, so you're saying this is just visual. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, like, maybe it's a synesthesia kind of a thing where, like, oh. both things are happening to your eyes, but one of them is visually irritant and one of them is just an ocular irritant. Or maybe you're interpreting the visual irritant as an ocular irritant. See, see, now I feel like I'm tearing up just in sympathy. <laughs> Thanks. Also, this is a sad story. You're welcome. So, no, I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Uh, I've had a fantastic time recording episode number 311 of, uh, of Video Games Hot Dog with you. And before we get down, down to the business of recording episode 312, it'll be a week. And I hope that you're still there. <laughs> <laughs> and listeners, I hope you are too. Cockaboo-boo-boo-liah. <laughs> we'll know if everybody. you don't. Good night. Good night.